All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. As always, today's sponsor is Authors Unite. And if you want to become a successful author, Authors Unite is the place to go. So head on over to AuthorsUnite.com to check out a free case study that will teach you how to do exactly that. And now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. Today, I have Eric Carlson with us. He is the co-founder of 10X Factory, marketer behind Hunt a Killer, and multiple two comma a club award winner. So welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks a lot, Tyler. Of course. Grateful to have you on. So our first one we got, we like to go deep, quick, get to know you, is what is the best story from your life that has an underlying valuable message? Um, I I think there's a lot, right? But um, as a business owner, I think one of the things that uh, stuck with me had nothing to do with business and it has 100% to do with being motivated. And before I I went into business for myself, I was actually in the U.S. Navy and uh, I had told the whole command that I was getting out. I think I was going to school at that time. Uh, Heck, I I think I was even getting like A's in school at that time too. And we had this one guy come up to me and he was a first class petty officer, been in for about 20 years. I was a second class petty officer. I've been in for about four years. And he walked up to me and he goes, I heard you're getting out. And I go, oh yeah, yeah, I'm getting out. And uh, he goes, well, I just want you to know that you're going to flip burgers for the rest of your life. (laughs) And and the moment that he said that, I I just said, Roger that. But there was just this internalization uh, in me that I I guess that moment when people doubt you, uh, you get so fired up. And it wasn't even that he was a great critic. It was just the fact that he had the goal you know, the guff to actually say something like that to me. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, taking the power of uh, all your disadvantage and turning it into something great. And that's just one of those moments that has stuck with me for a very, very long time. And then what is the most valuable piece of information we should know that's within your expertise or industry? Um, I mean, that's a little bit of a tough one. So, I mean, uh, I've run multiple businesses. One of the businesses that I run is um, 10X Factory, which is a, a community of entrepreneurs. And then uh, I also run an agency. We've grown a lot of large brands. One of the ones that's kind of marquee is uh, uh, someone called Hunt Killer. Um, I would almost approach them differently in terms of the value or the expertise that I've learned from. So uh, in terms of like 10X Factory, one of the things that I've really learned and I'm sure it's something that you even know, Tyler, just doing this podcast is like knowing people is almost the ultimate cheat code. A lot of times it beats out books. It beats out, you know, trying things yourself. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because if I'm going into a new industry or something along those lines, a lot of times I don't even necessarily read a book for that industry. I go out and I find like the CMOs, the CEOs, the founders already in that industry. And I pick their brain. I mean, we just have a conversation and it's amazing how willing and open people are. So I guess one of the most valuable pieces of information I can offer to people is if you are in an industry, 
don't be afraid to go out there and talk to people in the same industry and learn from them. I mean, it's amazing how compounding the experience can be. Uh, the same is true uh, even on the advertising side. I mean, if I connect with a bunch of people that are spending a ton of money on Facebook, um, you know, I spend probably about million to two million each month in Facebook ads. And like, if I talk to somebody else that's doing that, it's almost like us spending, you know, two to four million because of all the experience that we can share uh, across the board. Um, on the advertising side, I think the thing that I've learned more than anything else is just making sure that your business is complete. I mean, um, one of the things that you see with a lot of advertisers, they just go ahead and they spend money and they take that 10% fee. Um, and they're not necessarily successful, but you got to focus on everything from creative to conversion to uh, the lifetime value to, you know, expanding the value that you give that customer um, and also plugging up leaky buckets. So I find a lot of people when they uh, go out there and they advertise or they make their first buck, they often don't, um, they don't really look at the complete picture of building a sustainable business. And that's probably why you see a lot of drop shippers uh, and, and people like that disappearing from Facebook right now. Mm. Yeah, I got you. It makes complete sense. I, I mean, to be honest, it's one of the reasons I do the podcast so I can build relationships with a ton of people. Um, so that's like the selfish part of it. And it's completely changed like my entire life. Like I've learned so much. I mean, just even this conversation we're having right now, um, just from people and building relationships with others. Um, and I read a ton, like I'm an audiobook fiend. So I learn a lot from that as well, but it's like people, I feel like just, um, propel it forward quicker, you know, cause if somebody's already been down it and you build a relationship with them, then you kind of just got like, like you said, cheat code, like you just got, you got almost to their level overnight just by talking to them. So Absolutely. Um, so my next one, I feel like you kind of answered it there, but in the case you have a different one is what's your best piece of overall business advice? So not necessarily industry specific. I mean, uh, the, the, there's a lot that I see in terms of mistakes. I mean, uh, one of the biggest mistakes I see is actually um, pretty interesting. A lot of people, uh, they get in love with their own ideas. There, there's a lot of like pride authorship and you'll see a lot of business owners, they'll go ahead and say they want to launch a SaaS product. They build out the entire SaaS product and they never tested the marketing. And then suddenly they, they've spent, you know, two years of their lives and a million bucks building this thing and nobody wants to buy it. I think when I look at business owners, and what they do in terms of you know MVPs and things like that, I often think that that's the wrong approach. I think, uh, and this is something that I do, uh, there, there's another agency that I own called Sweatpants Agency, and we create something called the Sweatpants Test. And what the Sweatpants Test is, is essentially, imagine going on a date, and you're on a date, and you show up in your sweatpants and the person across the table immediately wants to jump on top of you right then and there. <laughs> yeah. That's the sweatpants test, right? Business, good businesses, businesses that have great product market fit should feel that way. So oftentimes we try to find ways to have what I call minimally viable distribution tests versus minimally viable products to see if the marketplace actually exists. Um, this could be as simple as uh, I build I don't actually build an ebook. I go ahead and I test and see how that ebook title does on Facebook in terms of leads and, and also uh, lead quality. 
uh, it could be something like 10X. We launched 10X in two weeks. Uh, we went from idea to concept, built the landing page, and you know we had our first customer within two weeks. Uh, it could be something like SaaS. I mean, um, my uh, co-founder, Eddie Makalani, also founded Big Commerce. And one of the things that he did when he was finding a second SaaS is he built landing pages, had screenshots of the way the product works, and all these different things. And he tested to see which one of those businesses has the most traction. Uh, sure, he, he refunded all the customers, even gave them Amazon gift cards, asked them to hop on the phone, learn more about them. Um, but like, I just see that uh, a lot of people kind of get in love with their ideas rather than just testing it or just taking action. So, I mean, I think taking action is a, absolutely a huge one. The second one, which I don't think can be, uh, I, I know you asked for one, but the, the second one that I don't think can be ignored is getting close to your customer. I see way too many people afraid to hop on the phone with their customer, way too many people afraid to survey their customers, and it's the worst possible thing that you can do. Um, you know, the guys over Intercom, I think he sold the first 100 subscriptions himself. Uh, at 10X Factory, I enrolled the first 100 members. Um, you know, we hop on the phone with Hunt Killer with customers that don't buy. And people that don't buy, it's surprising how much you learn about how to change copy or change this or present what they need in order for them to buy. So I think uh, taking action uh, with less risk is a huge one. And I think the second one is just getting as close as possible to your customer. Yeah, man, I agree. I, I, I find it like really odd to me because to me it's so um, like straightforward. Like when somebody doesn't purchase from me, I always ask them and I, and I say it very authentically. I'm just like, Hey, it's totally fine. Like you, you decided to go with somebody else or just decide not to go with us. But I, just so I can learn, I'd love to hop on a call with you and just find out like what didn't connect with you. And just from doing that, like I've learned so much um, just about my customers and it's helped me tremendously. Whereas most people, when they lose a customer, they just go on to the next one without like talking to that person. And yeah. I'm like, dude, that's where the gold is, man. It's right there. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, yeah, I think there was something called a, a book called The Acre of Diamonds, and the guy was searching for diamonds all the time, and they were just under his feet. Um, <laughs> a lot of times, people people have these database of customers that either they can talk to to learn how to be better, or you know, talk about minimally viable distribution tests. You know, I got a buddy who runs an agency, and if he wants to offer a new product like content services, he just says, "Hey, we're considering opening a beta." at this price and he sees what the response is. So um, you often find that people are sitting on money that they don't even realize. Uh, and if it's not actionable that moment, it is eventually just because you're gonna learn. And then, so now we're gonna talk about you as your younger self. So if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? Uh, don't go to college. No. Yeah, no, dude, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 go to college be a risk taker and um and embrace who you are i mean there there's so many things that um i wish i could teach my younger self but i mean uh when i when i was a kid i was an autodidact i mean i i had businesses when i was you know maybe like 13 14 that were making money and then all that kind of dies out right because you're like all right the next path is just go to college and you know, 
I'm not going to talk too much trash about college, but let's be honest, the reason that people are complaining about student loan debt is because the ROI on college is horrible. Um, you, unless you're in very specific fields, there's so much information online that you can learn and that you can do. And there's so many different ways to get an opportunity. I mean, before college existed, it was apprenticeships, right? Well, why not offer to do a service for free and learn on demand? Um, so I just wish that I took risks earlier and that uh, I never did the traditional college route. <laughs> yeah, man, dude, I agree. I actually dropped out after two years and just uh, a couple notes on, on what you said. Like one, I think like so many people are afraid to reach out to other people. So like uh, for like for mentors, like mentors, finding a mentor and working for them for free is so much more valuable than like paying whatever 30 grand a year for college or something. Um, so that's one thing. And, it, and to me, it's just a numbers game. Like if you reach out to a thousand like influential people that are where you would like to be, one of them is bound to like mentor. Oh, you'll get a much better reply rate than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think you'll get a much better too, but I'm just saying at least one, you know? Like, so no, it's, it's true. Um, it's true. So that, and, and for me too, with college, that's what it was like the people I met. So I always tell people if they're like, I, they need the college experience. They say, then I'm like, okay, don't pay tuition. Cause like, I didn't get any value from the classes, but I did meet people there that actually led me to reading the four hour work week, which then led me to dropping out immediately after reading that book. And, <laughs> and I, but, and maybe I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't gone there. So I, you know, I would just say go there, meet people, network, but don't pay for the tuition because the classes, in my opinion, are <laughs> slightly worthless. So I talked to a Harvard administrator one time, and she said that the only reason that she was going to send her daughter to Harvard was because of the connections. Unless you're going to an Ivy League school, forget about it. Because like, yeah. unless you're in those top tier schools, it's all about networking. The rest of it is just about education. And honestly, most of us can learn what we want online now. I mean, Definitely. I, I have a nephew who I offered not to pay to go. To, uh, I offered to pay him not to go to college. And, <laughs> and, and I know that sounds nuts, but like, no, this is a kid that he, he works like 30 hours a week. And, you know, he maybe pulls in like two grand a month or something like that. And I go to him one time, I go, um, you know, how many clients it takes to make two grand. He goes, I don't know how many. I go, well, you know, if you're starting out, it's probably only like one or two. Um, if you're at my level, that's probably like a, a, tenth, a tenth of the client, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he goes to me, he goes, man, but, but I don't want to grow up to be like you. You work too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> depends what you want in life. I'll say that, but that's, um, it's, it's funny that you say that because like, I didn't pay my little brother not to go to school, but like I highly influenced him to not go. Cause I'm like, dude, it's just, dude, I hear, I, I, I live down here in Miami and I'm friends with this girl who's 21. She's in school. And, um, she was telling me she's taking this marketing class and they're, they're still teaching, um, like, uh, what, what do you call it? Like lumpy mail? Like they're like, they're, they, they're not teaching any digital marketing techniques at all. Like they haven't even gotten up to speed to like online marketing. <laughs> so it's just like, it's crazy. 
It don't, makes... don't hate on lumpy mail. It can work. Oh, oh, no. If the unit I... economics are right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, I've heard of it working. I've never personally tried it, so I don't know. I've heard it. But, like, if they're not even touching on digital marketing, I have to question that. Oh, uh, no, there's no practicum. I mean, it, it, they still teach the four Ps. I mean, I, I you know, I, I've spent over $100 million in advertising. I can recite the four Ps to you right now. I, I probably come close, but <laughs> it's not something I think about. I'm never making a SWOT analysis before I launch a business either. Yeah. So. <laughs> Dude, amazing. Um, so, okay. So my next one now is a little bit of a different direction. Sure. So in your opinion, what is the key to happiness? We'll get deep real quick. All right. So first, <laughs> I, I think that... <sighs> I think the key to happiness is obviously progress, right? So as long as you're moving forward, you're, you're going to be happy. One of the biggest, I guess, myths about happiness is one, people think that money make them happy. Truth is, is that money doesn't really make you happy. It often amplifies who you are. So if you were miserable before, you're going to be miserable now. Um, <laughs> um, the key to happiness, I think, too, is also being able to say no a lot. Uh, there's a difference between, and, and it also is a big thing about valuing your time. Uh, there's a big difference between good opportunities and great opportunities in this life. And there's also a limited amount of time. Uh, money, money is a fully renewable resource. Time is not. Um, so it's being a guard keeper to or guard keeper to your time and making sure that you're doing the things that are great opportunities. And that great opportunity could be going on vacation with your family. A great opportunity could be a great business, but saying no to all the good opportunities. I mean, I can't tell you how many good opportunities just linger around wasting mental space if mm -hmm. you continue to say yes. So I think the key to happiness is being the gatekeeper to your time and respecting your time and learning the word no. I couldn't agree more, man. I think there's like a, it's like a cycle or, or like levels. It's like, at first, I feel like when you start out, you like, you're trying to find your first business idea and you don't see how much opportunity there actually is out there. Then when you get your first business idea, then you start to see like, whoa, there is so much opportunity. And then you go on this crazy journey of saying yes to like everything. Oh, and, yeah. and maybe this is just my experience, but, and then you get like burnout and then you realize like, okay, I now see how much opportunity there is. But like you said, there's a difference between like good and great opportunities. And saying no has been like the hardest thing that I've had to learn the past couple of years uh, in my life, just because so many opportunities are thrown at me um, that you, you do, you have to say no, because you just don't have time to do them all. And you'll end up half-assing all of them and then never really fully succeeding in any of them. So hundred percent. And that goes back to valuing your time more than money. I, I say this a lot, but like when you get to a point that you value your time more than money, one, you're going to close a lot more deals over the phone because now you're qualifying people over the phone because you're not going to work with anyone. And two, when you value your time more than money, you're going to make a lot more money because you're going to say yes only to the great opportunities and not the wrong, the, the, the good or, you know, close to great opportunities, which again, just suck down time. And yeah, you're right. I mean, once you've been out there in business for a while, opportunity is all around us and one you 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 see it but two as you make connections it's one of those things that just naturally happens everywhere yeah absolutely and what, when i lived uh, i used to live actually in san diego and this uh this girl once told me she said if it's not a hell yes it's a no 
And I was like, that's a good little philosophy there. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I tell my wife about clothing. I'm like, if you don't absolutely love it, don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's good. <laughs> but that also saves me a little bit on the credit card too. So. Yeah, yeah. That's a win-win right there. <laughs> Oh, man. So my next one for you is what is the best book that you've read and what was the number one thing you learned from it? Uh, I, I think there was uh, two books that had a huge impact on me. Um, one was uh, The Psychology Influence uh, by Robert Cialdini. Um, I believe that it's basically the basis or foundation for almost every other marketing book. Uh, it's based in science, uh, but it has a lot of details of how it can be used in real life. Uh, it goes through the six rules of influence. Um, the number one thing that I learned from it, I guess, is the six rules of influence. Uh, it, it, it's a really powerful book. And the second one was something called uh, uh, Rework. Uh, it was done by the 37 Signals guys. And uh, I think I was a CMO maybe around like 20 324 or so um, of a company and I definitely had uh, more ego than I should have and I would throw meetings I would do all these other things and like I read this book and books like meetings are toxic uh, you know <laughs> hire when it hurts and all this other stuff and like everything that I felt that I should be doing like as a stuffy you know CMO or whatever at that time um, it was just wrong and it was so wrong and so I internalized that book from an operational level. And I think uh, that book made uh, me less of an asshole to work for, <laughs> which was huge. I mean, again, when you're young, you kind of don't understand um, the way the world works just yet sometimes. No, absolutely. And hey, if it made you less, uh, less of an asshole, that's always good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my next one is what's your favorite quote and why uh so i mean i, I have a ton but the the quote that i probably talk about more than anything else is um mike tyson believe it or not it, and uh actually I'm, I'm a big boxing movie fan i i'm a big sucker for the rocky movies so that's all quotable material too but there's this one quote by uh, mike tyson uh where he says um uh, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? And <laughs> if you remember Michael, uh, Mike Tyson back in the day when he would hop in the ring, like his opponents would look scared. <laughs> and they would look super confident until they actually saw the guy running at him, right? And I think what that quote means to me is just, you know what? Yeah, there's always going to be these lumps that you're going to get in life. And the thing is, is how do you adapt to that? Um, you know, I... I know a lot of agency friends, they, you know, they hit like 50, $60,000 a month or whatever. And then they lose a client, right. Or they lose their biggest client and they're like super sad. Right. And like, I'm thinking in my head, like, what can you do to learn from this in order to adapt and make sure it doesn't happen? Right. Like, can you, can you make sure that you have a client acquisition system that's predictable? Can you, turn that into a case study. Can you make sure that you streamline some of your services so you're never messed up on fulfillment? And like, I just feel like when you look at uh, that quote, it's all about adaptability. Everybody's got a plan. So again, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna walk into the boxing ring with my SWOT analysis. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> I'm gonna get feedback from the, mar uh, the 
from the market and change. And I mean, that goes back to the other stuff we talked about, whether it's testing um, to, to see if a business can work in terms of marketing, but also just speaking to your customers. I mean, when you tell me that you speak to your customers that say no, that's you adapting. Yeah, man, dude, that's the biggest thing too, is it's like, I think um, adapting is number one. And like, that's kind of, that's known. I, I forget the book it's in. It's in that, uh, I'm blanking on the book, but adaptation is like the most important thing. And like, I watch Gary Vaynerchuk a lot. And when I was younger, what I learned from him is it's like, dude, you can build yourself a plan. You can strategize all you want in your head. But at the end of the day, until you actually get out there and do it, you're not going to know what's working and what's not. So like when I first started, that's really what I did, dude. I just strapped on and just went all in, made so many freaking mistakes. It was hilarious. And then I found a few things that worked and I was like, all right, let's package these puppies up and go all in on this stuff. <laughs> you know? like, mm -hmm. And, um, but if I hadn't gone through all the mess, the chaos, then like, I would have never created not to like steal from Jordan Peterson or anything, if you know who that is. Um, but uh, I wouldn't have had been able to create any order in my life, you know, or, or an actual business. So. Um, Very cool. So yeah, man, dude, appreciate you coming on. It was a great episode. The last one I got for you, I know you got a few businesses, but uh, where can our audience best uh, find and connect with you? And then if there is any, whether it's all of them or just one of them, uh, where would you like them to check you out more? Yeah, I mean, the best way to find me is uh, 10xfactory.com. Um, uh, it is a betting community, so if you can't get a hold of me there, uh, it'd be eric at 10xfactory.com, and uh, be happy to chat with you. Perfect, man. Thanks again for coming on. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care.